Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe plug-in hybrid is built for the best of both worlds. For the city buzz, for the call of the wild, for finding solitude, for sharing memories, for day trips, and for far-roaming adventures. Because with gas and electric capability, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe inspires you to explore more, to explore it all. Tap the banner to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker. Uh, joining me as usual are, I would say, the perfect pairing of Alan Shearer and Micah Richards to catch up on what's been happening recently in the world of football. As you will have noticed, it's an international week, which means we've all had a weekend off from our usual duties. Alan joins us uh, remotely. He's on his travels. And um, we got the customary drab England performance, um, <laughs> uh, didn't we, uh, chaps? It's um, a little bit frustrating. I think sometimes there's a tendency to, to think um, perhaps your own national team should always win and win comfortably. But it, 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 it wasn't particularly satisfying, I put it politely, Alan. No, it wasn't a great game. Certainly wasn't a great performance. Result-wise, yeah, it was. I thought it was decent for them, particularly in the shape that they're in. Because of who and what we are, we always expect and want <laughs> that little bit more. Um, I suppose you can look at it and think it's early on in the season. Um, players are not up to full tilt yet. But because, because of some of their performances in their league games, whoever that was for, we perhaps expected a, a little bit too much but it was yeah it wasn't it was a poor watch wasn't it Micah you sent a text um, on, we have a little group chat yesterday and you saying how why is international football so boring it's just tedious isn't it I mean <laughs> and you're talking about the like the qualifying stages when there's not much jeopardy I suppose because you, you expect England should qualify although they're in a the group with Italy obviously but you just think though we've we got off to the Premier League and we've got off to a bang it's been outstanding watch and then you up here well, for those who can see me, I'm putting my hand up. For those who are listening, you're going from another level. You know, like you're thinking, it's, and then you come down and watch international football and it just sucks the life out of you. You're looking at performances and you're thinking, yeah, okay, they're going to qualify. It's, it's no problem. But we want a little bit of excitement. And the thing for me, I'm thinking Henderson, Maguire, and a lot, a lot of people have talked about this already, but okay, we know what Maguire can do. He's going to play when fit. But if something happens to Stones, if something happens to Maguire, Mings is already out for long term. Why not try somebody else and see what they can do? Yeah, but you've got um, Tamori. He's playing Champions League football for AC Milan. If he's not going to get a chance now, when is he going to get a chance? And I just thought, 
Henderson, in, we know what Henderson could do. We know that, we've seen it for, for so many years. It was crying out for someone like Phil Foden to start, get on the half turn, make something happen. We know how Ukraine was gonna play. They're gonna drop deep. Even the manager before the game saying, we've got our uh, plan how the game's gonna go. We're gonna try and get him on the counter attack. So let's just experiment a so little bit more. So let's play two holding players. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just frustrating. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm frustrated, guys. I don't know what your take, Alan, but I, me with, with the Henderson thing, I mean, I'm a huge admirer of his, his career. He's, he's been yep. an unbelievable football, but I did a similar thing. I moved abroad at the very end of my career on a, you know, a little sojourn to, to earn a few bob and to get a different <laughs> experience. I think then... That is semi-retirement. Um, and I don't think then you should play in international football. And as soon as I made that decision, I withdrew from international football. And, and to take the problem away from the manager at the time. So I just think that, that, you know, I'm not judging Jordan Henderson whether he should do or should do that. It's up to him. And I know there are huge superstars in the game that have done similar things. But if you're a, a Ronaldo or a Messi, then that's, you know, that's slightly different and you lose <laughs> things up to them. But I, 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 I don't think a player sh personally, if they're going to play in a kind of, you know, that thing where you just go for a big payday at the end of your career, I don't really think you should still be playing for your country. And, uh, unless there are extreme circumstances or we had a dearth of talent, which we absolutely do not in the uh, midfield area. Well, that's, that's, that is one of our strongest um, positions in there, isn't it? With, with so, so much talent in and around that midfield area. I mean, I was, I was really surprised that, um, that he played him the other day, um, particularly when, as Micah said, we knew exactly how they were going to play. So we needed, we needed someone who can unlock the door, who can pick that little pass who can, when it's going to be tight, when someone runs, I mean, the Harry Kane pass for uh, for Kyle Walker's goal, we needed more of that. And to be fair to Jordan, he, he's, that's not one of his strengths. So yeah, I was I was really surprised. Did you, did you hear or did you read his, his interview that Jordan did last week? I mean, we, we, we touched on it in, in an earlier one, didn't we, a couple of weeks back, um, where we, we said basically the guys are going for the money. That's, and, yeah, and just say it. it. Just say it. It's fine. It's up to yeah. you. you. You're protecting your family, your future. That's fine. But don't try and pretend otherwise. Yes? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of the criticism came from. I mean, you, you've got to try and understand it from his point of view as well maybe he's very reluctant to say it because it may be disrespecting his team or whatever I don't know but I think he would have been coming out of it much better by saying yeah I actually am doing it for my family and their family and so on for the rest of their lives and, and for the next generation of his family so um, I didn't agree with uh, with what he said I'm a huge admirer of, of who he is and what he is as I've said before, and what he's done in the work and some of the great work that he's done, he's had an unbelievable career. But I do think if he had just come out and said, I've gone for the money. Yeah. I also don't think personally it helped him staying on for the full 90 minutes. I'm not nope. sure Gareth did him too many favours there. It kind of <laughs> exacerbated the problem. He'd already got Madison playing wide left, which is clearly not his position because he wanted to get... Um, Henderson in the side in the midfield and then to take Madison off and obviously yeah. take Bellingham off who'd scored yeah. two late goals for Real Madrid in big games in, in past 90 minutes in um, I don't think so. sometimes Gareth helps himself with it it's I suppose the one thing I mean I'm a you know I think um, Gareth overall has done an, an excellent job with England but he has got you know terrific talent 
But sometimes the one I think criticism you can level him is 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 his substitutions. He's never really turned a game, has he? Never really made things um, massively different with them, Micah. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything that you've just said, Gary. I think it's time now. When we talked about the golden generation with Lampard, Gerrard, and Rooney, Rio Ferdinand, John, all that you're thinking they have to win something, and the the question was. Have England got the right manager? Like you said, Southgate has been fantastic. But now while we've got this array of talent potentially in their peak as well, that, that's the one, they're in their peak. Now we've got to get a manager who can get the best out of these players and take them to the next level. I, I, I certainly believe that now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step here just for a minute. I know we've got great talent, but to be fair to Gareth Southgate, you know, he's made England a competitive side in major tournaments. And sometimes people will say to you that the flamboyant football full of flair doesn't win your tournaments. Um, being kind of pragmatic often does. And I think that's probably where he comes from. Also, he was a defender, of course. So he probably thinks a little bit um, safe. He's very safe, isn't he? Hmm. We've gone past being safe, though, ha haven't we? You know, I, I think when Italy won the Euros, they was a defensive team. I, I, I agree. I, I, what you're saying, it's more about keeping your shape and, and set pieces. But I, I just believe with, with England now, like... You would say Rice is a defensive midfielder, but he can do the other side as well, like he's doing at Arsenal. Now, we're not saying that we have to play everyone and just play this attacking football because we've not got the centre-halves probably to do that. But we can start playing people in their right positions. Madison out on the left. Foden, for the last two or three years, he's been out on the left or on, on, on the right. Do you know what I mean? It's just, everyone seems to be just filling in they don't seem to be played in the position which suits the team the yeah. best so Micah are you saying you think Southgate should go now I don't know I just think after the Euros at the yeah. end of the season he's done fantastic he deserves that what if they win the Euros which is not beyond the realms of possibility but he, he has to he, he can go with his head held high he's got yeah, to I think that know, would I think he probably would <laughs> that would be that'd be perfect yeah. wouldn't it but I just believe now is the time to try something different. I've, I've not, I wouldn't say protected Southgate, but I've supported him all through his tenure. I think he's been outstanding, but I just think now we need something different to take us that next step. I think, I think win, or, win or lose, whether he wins the Euros or whether England nosedive at the Euros, I think that'll be it for him because I think he, because of what he's done for England, he should be able to control his own destiny in terms of staying on or not staying on. I think he deserves the opportunity, a final, a semi-final. We, we, we didn't go as far as we should have um, in, in Qatar because of a missed penalty kick, if you remember we're that. A bit so, unlucky. England were a bit unlucky in that game. Exactly. I mean, um, so, decisions went against them. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think he's, he's earned the right to decide when he leaves. And I, I think if it doesn't go well, he'll leave. And I, I also think that uh, if they win it, then... It would be the it would be a good time for him, so he deserves that respect. Can I just ask you, you two? So, say you lot was playing for there's there's elite in there's elite top four, top six teams, but you was playing week in week out, and as a manager, he's basically saying it doesn't really matter how you're playing. I'm gonna pick the people I trust. One's not playing, 
in in Maguire and the other one's playing in a league we don't even know the quality of. So how would you feel as players if the manager decided to do that and you was going for that England place? Well, I think there's a danger of, of that creating a problem within the camp, isn't there? That, that, that has to be. But I think Gareth's a very intelligent man. One thing he has harnessed is a terrific team spirit and a togetherness uh, within that squad. But this kind of, I suppose, loyalty, you might want to call it, could push that and make that even more difficult to maintain because there will be players. We know how it works. There will be players within that squad that are going, what have I got to do? to get into his team when this there are players that are not not performing. It's not a strong department that we've, we've got that many great players in that department though, is there? Um, I know you mentioned Tamori and... I don't really have a problem so much with, with, with Harry Maguire. I know he's not played much football, but he has been consistently um, good with England. We don't have a lot of central defenders. We're a little bit light in that area. And he probably, because he was playing gay, he, he probably wanted someone alongside him with experience if he puts two young lads in there. Um, I know you talked about Tamori, and I'm, I'm surprised he's not really had much of a look in. And, uh, you know, we've got um, Colwell um, to, as, as well that looks like that hopefully will fill a bit of a void for England. But Maguire has been consistently good for England. And I, so I understand why. But in midfield, I don't think you can make that argument because there, there are so many uh, possibilities that, that England could, could play in But there. you're and also I think, right. I mean, the, the, those, those yeah. players, Mike, those players, that, uh, maybe the youngsters that we have mentioned, will absolutely be thinking, what the hell? I mean, he's not even playing. He might get 10 minutes here or 15 minutes there. Uh, what, why on earth is he starting him? They, absolutely, they've got every right to be thinking that. I, th I think that's the case as well. But we have to remember here that England are in pretty good shape to qualify. Yeah. That's my point, Gary. They're in good shape to qualify. If you want to try players out, why why not now? You know? Well, a, a, away in Ukraine is probably one of the, you know, out of all the fixtures in that group, aside from Italy, that, that would be the one probably kind of demanding fixture, even though they, obviously Ukraine just sat. And that's not always easy to play against these, but, but I'm with you on that. I think, yeah. you know, particularly with the array of talent we have in, in midfield and forward positions, um, you know, not so much possibly uh, at the back. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it'd be interesting to see um, on Tuesday what kind of outfit Gareth Southgate puts out um, and whether Harry Kane plays. Because Harry Kane, when he's playing for Bayern Munich in the game, I watched um, the entirety of the last two games and he plays really, really high mm. as a number nine. And we saw it at Spurs and it's one of the strengths of his game. And we saw it certainly against Ukraine where he, he, went, he goes very deep um, and he didn't do that. And I was wondering if when a whether Tuchel has said to him, I don't want you dropping deep. I want you staying up. I, I know what exactly what it is. And you two as strikers should know this. When you're the, the main man in the team, you do what you want. You get frustrated and you think, I want to get a touch of the ball. He's at Bayern Munich with other stars and he's a new boy. It's like the new boy in, in, in class, isn't it? And he's just sort of seeing what everyone's like a little bit, what he can get away with. Because although it was a fantastic pass, we don't want Harry Kane there. You want Foden there. You want Madison there. That's the whole point. And I was just, I watched the games as well, the, the Bayern Munich thinking, wow, it's a completely, mm. well, to be honest, that's, he's getting a service. But yeah. he can get the service at England as well if he just trusts his teammates. 
Yeah, it, it it's it's an interesting point. I remember when I first went to Barcelona, and I, and I got there, and it was like the first or second game in. I can't remember what it was, and you know, like Al, when you play up front, and the ball goes out to the fullback, and you used to play four four two, and you, it went out to the fullback, and it was your job on it to chase them Cheers, down, yeah, and then yeah. you'd try try and make some sort of valiant effort to to block the ball down the line. Such was the predictable nature of the game of football in this country in those days. And then I went to Barcelona and, and a game or two in, I got in at half and I'd been chasing down fullbacks and all that sort of stuff that I'd been taught to do. And players were coming up to me, they're going, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? You know, you've come here to score goals and play up front. And I went, yeah. Ooh, I love a bit of that. I love a bit of that. <laughs> I bet you that was music to those massive oh, lugs, wasn't I, it? <laughs> it certainly was. But the problem is when I went back to Spurs and I wasn't doing it, people started calling me lazy. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to get a grip and start doing that nonsense again. But they're absolutely right. Uh, let's move on to, to, to something, um, well, more positive. Scotland. Um, another really good result for them. Um, comfortable win, as you would expect them to, probably in Cyprus. But they've now won five out of five in the qualifying campaign. And one of those victories, of course, was a 2-0 win against Spain. So they, <laughs> they, our friends north of the border, as we go into a match against them, obviously on, on Tuesday uh, night, um, deserve some credit. Well, what a, what a job Steve Clark's doing mm. with the... Uh... John Carver alongside him, of course. I work with uh, with Steve Clark and John Carver at uh, at Newcastle. Um, wow, God! I mean, five out of five, isn't it? Flying top of the league, beating Spain, scoring another three the other night. Yeah, um, <laughs> they'll they'll fancy their chances at home against us, won't they? Well, they might do. Well, they'll always fancy their chances against us, and um, they're kind of very interesting and. Um really great atmosphere in those games whenever you play um, in um, England-Scotland games, aren't they? They're, oh, they're, they're amazing, special. especially when you go at Handbung and kick their ass when you kick, beat them 3-0. Yeah, they're great atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they've got they've got some good players in their side and, yeah. um, you know, the, the McTominay, McGinn, um, Gilmore uh, in midfield as, as, as well. Um, obviously, Andy Robertson on, yeah. on the left-hand side. Um, they've got the kind of talent that perhaps Scotland used to have, not, you know, I'm, I might be pushing it a bit there when you talk about the days of Dalgleish and Souness and, and Hansen et al. But you know what I mean? There's been a period where they didn't have enough players to, to qualify for tournaments. That does not look like the case anymore. Looks as if he's got a great team spirit going up there and, and they're, they're all, they all seem to want to play for him. They all look as if they're in, they're enjoying it. Um, and yeah, they're absolutely flying. I noticed Scott McTominay playing. He kind of getting in the box a lot. He scored. He scored again in this game. He scored a couple in the game, uh, the first time against Cyprus. Um, Is it the top scorer? I'm top sure. scoring quality. I know it's it's nuts. Yet you know he's not really getting a look in at, at Manchester United. He, he, someone will go for him, won't they? In the West Ham, we said, wasn't it? It yeah. was West Ham. Yeah. I just I just think he's a really intelligent hard-working midfielder who can do a job whatever you tell him. It's just the chaos that happens at Man United and because of the players they've had in the past, they're always comparing them to oh, when we had Keane or Scholes or the, these sort of midfielders. It's always going to be difficult, but there's a player in there. I think he's fantastic and mentioned Steve Clark. He's, I had him at Villa. He was sort of interim 
manager. Oh, really? Yeah, for a, for a little while. How and was he? He he was amazing, but I didn't. He didn't play me. So like you know when a manager doesn't play you, but he's such a nice guy and he's a, he's yeah. good with the tactics. You can't say anything. Yeah, like he's I, just gone up in my estimation. <laughs> <laughs> what you really? really wanted to hate him like who does he think he is really? not playing me and he, he basically just said your knee's not right I'm protecting you and he actually said to fair play your attitude's been spot on so we had a great relationship but it's just that's how you manage players be honest with them yeah that's important isn't it, it? just be honest with me and that I was like I, I yeah I respect you for that it seems to be a common theme, doesn't it, Mike? A coach is not fucking picking you. <laughs> uh, you played with John McGinn as well, didn't you? you? I think I remember you saying before, he's a really great lad. So John McGinn, we've got a WhatsApp group. So even though I'm always, he's, he's daft as a brush. Really, really. <laughs> he? Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got the banter. And he, he come down from Scotland and... He was sort of quite nervous within the dressing room because it was all about Jack Grealish, you know, at the time. And him and Jack had a really good bond, who's in the uh, the group chat as well. And when I seen him play, I was like, oh my God, he's going to be worth 40, 50 million pounds. I'd seen it straight away. And Liverpool was supposed to be in for him, Man United. And then he had a little bit of a dip and I sort of lost his confidence. But now... He's back to his best. He's, he's really good on the ball, but he's really strong and he can run all day. Literally, when we used to do all the running tests, he was at, he was at the front, I was at the back, obviously. And he was just, it was so easy for him. And as long as he keeps focused, he can, well, he doesn't need to leave now because Villa are so good. It's, it's obviously England, Scotland, um, or Scotland, England, I should say, because it's, um, it's up north, is a friendly. No such thing in these games though, Alan, is there? Not with uh, not with England Scotland. I have to say, before all the um, Scots jump on me, they did beat us at Wembley in the uh, in the return leg. I know that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're great games to play, and I mean the atmosphere is uh, is amazing. It doesn't matter. It will not matter a jot whether it's a friendly. We know what the fans will want, and the players will want it as well. Whatever teams that the uh, them both managers put out, and I'm pretty sure. That it'll be um, both teams will be uh, it'll be mixed up and changed around, but yeah, you've got to go out and you've got to win. You've got to put in the performance because you know what it means to the fans. Do you play an England Scotland game, Micah? Nope, I never no. did. Gutted no. to be honest. What about you, Gay? My actual debut for England, um, I came on a sub with ten minutes to go at Hamden. Yeah. Um, I came on for Glenn Hoddle, um, not to play in midfield, I hasten to add. Um, but yeah, so, and it was, I, I remember sitting on the bench thinking, God, this atmosphere in this stadium, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And it was so special, so yeah. special. Um, I don't know about you two, but after that, I need a breather. Let's take a break. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Make the most of your me time with sensational hair products from Method. The new range of shampoos and conditioners will leave your hair looking shiny and feeling healthy. From pure peace, infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein, to simply nourish, crafted with coconut, 
rice milk, and shea butter. And daily zen with calming cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower with Method and reconnect with the best version of yourself. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Um, we just had a, a little break and we started chatting during that break about who should perhaps be the next England manager if, uh, as appears, probably likely win or lose in the Euros that, that Gareth Southgate uh, leaves. So I think we, we should discuss it here. What better <laughs> place? Um, I mean, even Pep's been linked uh, with the job. Steady, which, steady, Gary, steady. I, I, I'd be very surprised if he did. But what, what do you think? I mean, it's a bit premature, but but sod it, we can do what we like on uh, here. But I, I think the respect that they've that they've got for each other, the FA and Gareth, and because of how it's yeah. gone over the past few years and what he's done, I think that's what and probably is, if he is going to leave, is happening is that he's allowing them the time to go and do whatever. Um, but good luck trying to keep that quiet as soon as we speak to someone. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you just think about it. So we we've said in the dressing room they've got good harmony. So they've already got that, and we've talked when we was doing the World Cup, whether it be Euros, about the decisions, in-game decisions with uh, Southgate. So we have to look at managers who could tweak it. And we're only talking about little tweaks. You get to a semi-final and a final. We're talking about the little, the little fractions. Yeah. Yes, the fractions. Exactly. So who's available and who realistically- Who will be available. Or who in, will in be those. available. But I checked it while I was in the break and some names were linked. Potter, obviously is out of work at this moment in time. Lee Carsley, who won with the 21s. He's won something. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Leave it. I think he's in line for the Saudi Arabia job. <laughs> I mean, he's he's probably the obvious one because there, there's not exactly a, a plethora of um, hugely successful, talented England managers or coaches possible. There's no doubt that he would be very, very high on, on the list. Mm. Mm. And so he should after so. the job he did last would, year at Newcastle. Yeah. But how yeah. do you decide though? Do you just want to bring in someone who's already won something? Someone who's good in developing young players like a Pochettino, you know, that 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 mould of coach? Do you bring in someone like a Nagelsmann who's dealt with- It's a with very different job though, isn't it? Exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's not a part-time job, but it is in some ways because it's part-time with the players, isn't it? You get them, what do you get to prepare for, say this Ukraine game, what do they get? Five, five, four or five days together before the game. Then you've got another game three days later. Then they go back to the clubs for a month. Then you mm. get them again for a few days. It's it's It must be very frustrating. Yeah, that's, that's I would I would be, I mean, the reason you hear managers saying, don't you, I love the buzz on the training ground with the players every single day. So then for them or someone to give that up and, and just have, have them six or seven times a season for three or four days, then um, yeah, that, that, that is, it's a very different job. Should he be English? 
It's a very good question. It comes around all the time, doesn't it? I, I, I personally now, I didn't used to actually. I think I've changed my mind on this. I used to think perhaps not. That was probably at a time when we didn't really have any obvious candidates. And I used to think not, and I didn't think it mattered. But then I, I don't know. I think a country like England, and it's a national sport, it should be a, a, a manager from your from your nation. Uh, I, I what about Serena Wiegmann, though, for the women? Like, it wasn't any different because she wasn't English, you know? No, I know what you mean. And I, I understand that. But, you know, Brazil, have they ever had a non-Brazilian manager? No. Germany, never. Although, and we're doing this podcast at, what, four o'clock on, on, on Sunday afternoon. And we've just heard this very minute that Hansi Flick has lost his job uh, with Germany, unsurprisingly, really, they were pretty yeah. useless in the World Cup and they've just lost 4-1 in a friendly to Japan. So, um, But it just shows you, even in Germany, things can go wrong uh, from, from time to time. But they've never never gone for anyone outside, neither of France, neither of Spain, neither of Italy. It's probably unimaginable for those countries. And England is one of the, you know, it's one of the great footballing nations. Yeah, but you, when you, when you I, I totally understand that. But you have to also go back and say, well, England have won nothing since 66, when you look at Argentina or Brazil or Germany or Spain, these these guys have been successful uh, and, and had trophies. Other than the Tournois, England have won <laughs> nothing. Uh, well, we won the Euros, but in the women's game. Well, you said it yourself, though, Gary, didn't you? There's, there's, not, there's not a great pool of English managers out there, is there? Uh, what I would say, though, is I think only in recent times is there a really good pool of English players yep. to enable a, a, a manager to win a, a tournament like that. We've had various eras, probably 90, uh, you know, the Euros 96, uh, where we've had, a, you know, decent squads and the golden generation. But I think by and large, because of our youth development, how poor that was until probably 10, 15 years ago when it all changed and we started short-sided games for young children and we learned to pass the ball to each other. Therefore, we've got way more technical players nowadays. We are more competitive now. Um, the interesting thing is, why, why does English football not have that many great coaches it's, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Even, I mean, look at somewhere like Scotland, which is a lot smaller country than England. They've, you know, they've had some, some really great Scottish coaches over the years. It's a good question, isn't it? I wonder why. It's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, when we have a good British coach or English coach like Potter, Potter's a good manager. He was doing so well at Swansea did really well at Brighton. And then what do we do as a media? We hype him up. And of course, as a manager, he's got to take that job. It might not come round again, but he shouldn't have got the Chelsea job at that time. Let him carry on what he's doing, learn, improve, and then get the big job when he's got the experience. Yeah, but in, in life and things, the opportunities don't always come up exactly at the time. But if you trust you your ability, yeah, if you trust your, your ability, mm. timing, it will always come. It will always come. Anyway, we'll see who gets the England job and we'll, um, in two years' time. We'll see. Um, we'll also see, of course, who gets the Germany job um, probably very shortly if they've now that they've fired him. Um, I want to talk a little bit more internationally uh, for for the rest of the uh, podcast. And um, I noticed uh, the last couple of days that. Um, Ronaldo, um, in an interview, said that the, his long-standing rivalry with Messi is now over. 
Um, yeah, you um, really believe that? Um, well, it is in a way, isn't it? Because they're both kind of in semi, as I call it, semi-retirement. One's in Saudi, one's in um, playing in the MLS in, in, in America. But I think it might be worth saying what a joy they've both given us for the, for the last two decades. Um, that rivalry that probably pushed each other on. Yeah. Um, whoever you side with, um, it's 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 been a, a a joy to watch. Truly glorious. They took it to different levels, haven't they? Over the past few years, we 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 will look back and think how lucky we were to actually sit back and, and being able to enjoy and watch how brilliant both of them have been. And there's absolutely no doubt about it that because of how brilliant they both are, they pushed each other. One was scoring two on a Saturday, the other one was scoring three on a Sunday. And it, that was, there's no doubt in, in my mind that because of they were in the same era, that one wanted out to do the other. Whatever he did, he wanted to do it better. And there's no doubt that happened. We've always said that Messi's better. And I think we're all in agreement with that. He's just effortless the way he moves around the pitch. But when I played against Ronaldo when he was at Man United, wow. I mean, I couldn't switch off for a second. And this was at a derby. And then, like, when we're walking up, so you're walking up, you've got the tunnel where is at Old Trafford. And I was only young at the time, but I'm just, I'm looking to my left and thinking, <laughs> oh my God, there's real. I mean, the awe of, of <laughs> yeah, the guy. Yeah. And it was in, in early times when he wasn't just playing on the right wing, he was playing left wing as well. And he would come to me and just do five step overs in two seconds. And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was such Did a you buy genius. them? Did you buy it, Michael, or did I, you just see I, him off? I bought every five of them. <laughs> I was tangled. <laughs> I was twisted and tangled before you <laughs> before you knew it, but it was just like His socks were in knots. <laughs> did he say anything? Did he give you anything? Was no, he, he, he never uh, said anything, but yeah. he just used to wink at me all the time. So <laughs> he like, likes to wink, he's like, famous for it. He just, he used to like dribble past me. Like you always used to love like, it was sort of like a, a Cruyff chop. Do you know what I mean? A Cruyff chop. And then he'd go past me, go inside and he'd just wink at me. And I'd be just like, <laughs> I would just swearing to myself. But I was just like, wow, what a, player and yeah. to see him go from that to like Real Madrid like two two of the greatest yeah. to ever do it oh absolutely yeah. phenomenal players Alan phenomenal. they took them they took the, the goal scoring levels also I mean you know Gary when we when we were playing if you got 20 in a season that was deemed to be a really successful scene didn't it <laughs> and then and then they, they, they come in I mean and also it was like they were more forwards weren't they they weren't particularly centre forwards no, play, play, exactly. play wherever yeah. across the uh, across the front line but yeah they, they took the, the, the numbers the goals to, to different levels you remember that season uh, not a season actually it was a calendar year when Messi scored 90 I mean <laughs> 91 actually I think if I remember rightly uh, mustn't Bloody forget the one on the, I mean that is frankly absurd I don't think that yeah. record will ever ever get outrageous. beaten outrageous however outrageous yeah I mean truly extraordinary uh, footballers Messi's still doing it of course out in scoring all sorts of goals Good cracking free kick he got for Argentina the other night as well I'm not going to you know I'm not going to use this as a debate to see who's better um but Messi is, isn't he? <laughs> uh, no, they're, both, they're both great players. There's, there's no question about that and has given us so much satisfaction. Ballon d'Or, of course, is um, I think the end of next month, which I think Messi should be, um, no pun intended, but a shoo-in. <laughs> Dad jokes again. 
It's it's like a disease, Mike. It's, it can't help it. I can't help myself. Um, it's it's funny you mentioned the wink there, Ronaldo winking at you. Um, but he's he's famous for the wink after the sending off, of course, of Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? Which brings yeah. me, which brings me interestingly, that that um, Waza, as he's popularly known, has um, been linked with Birmingham City. Well, I'm- the link with Tom Brady, is it? Yeah, they want exactly. to bring in a, a star, a star name. I actually really liked what Rooney did um, at Derby. I thought it was really good and then had all that things with the dot points and it looked like they was going to stay up and he was very unlucky. And I think he's got something special. I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not saying it like it was with Gerard or Lampard where because the the career they've had, they should be good money. Rooney, I've seen him on the training pitch and tactically he's doing things ahead of his generation. So I, I think... He'll be you a think he's got something, manager. yeah. He's got, he's got something. I yeah. don't know. Well, it, he's, he's he's Wayne Rooney, so I mean, he was one of the mm-hmm. you know, one of the great players of that that we've had in English football. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different kind of job altogether. But he's he's you know he's done a little bit of the learning game, hasn't he? He's been at Derby, as you said. He's been twice um, in America at, at Washington, yeah. so he's learning his craft, Alan, because it's it's a totally different thing to playing, as you well know yourself. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and you, I think you've got to you've got to give him great respect for doing that. Um, obviously, he would he would have enough money that he doesn't have to do it. It's because of the love of the game. He moved over there again. Um, so yeah, it's it, when he when or if he does come back, and I hope he does really well because I respect him and, and admire him for uh, for doing that. And it it could be you know down the line another possible English coach <laughs> why didn't why didn't you be a manager Gary because me we've, we've took the mick out of Alan for his, his job at Newcastle which I've said it's not your fault Alan you know well, you only was, come out was, of that I've always <laughs> <laughs> why you're did right you, Mike uh, it wasn't why did you not become me? a manager come on talk to us because it never appealed I don't I, for a variety of reasons I, I don't think I'd have been very good at it um, why 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 though? I With all think... your knowledge of the game, yeah, but I, do you, you know speak why? well. I'll tell you why. I don't. I, I don't think I could have coped with leaving someone out of the team. I think you know if I've got twenty players and, and eight of them, and I'm going go to go try to see you too. Nicely. Is that why you see your Twitter? You argue with everyone every day. <laughs> it's easy on Twitter when I can't see them in person. But I wouldn't want it. I, in fact, I think I'd go. Well, I'm going to leave you out, but. I'll let you play next week, okay? Or something like that. I don't know. And I, I never really loved training, mainly because I, I found it quite boring most of the time. Uh, That's the fault of the people that are coaching. But so I, if I didn't like training, I'm not going to really like watching training. Um, it just was, it, it never, ever, ever crossed my mind. I got a couple of job offers. Um, I think Villa, uh, Doug Ellis asked me to to be Villa manager and, and Leicester did it at one point. Um on Gary Villa manager not when you were there (laughs) (laughs) oh that would have been great I would have loved that that would have been great Um, no I I got a phone call from Doug Ellis it was shortly I can't remember the era particularly except for the fact it was relatively soon after I'd finished playing Um, and he he said would you be interested in the um, Aston Villa job and and I just said management's not for me I'm sorry Doug it was a big When you know when he, when he said it, Villa manager, I thought he was going to manage someone's house abroad. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't know he meant the fucking Aston Villa job. 
Are you sure that wasn't it, Gary? You could have managed one of your pals' villas as well. It wasn't to be the villa manager. Oh, listen to Sir Alex Ferguson here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I couldn't have been worse than you, Al. Um, on that note we'll call it a day Um, it's always a pleasure chaps thank you very much and um, we'll see you next time goodbye from me goodbye from me goodbye from me cheers I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.